0: Have you had 19 summers in your life, 46 summers, 89 summers? Are they all one big blur? Are they special? Could you use a momentary reminder that summer is fleeting and that if we pause to let in a little bit more adventure or connection, it can have a meaningful impact on our mental health? Today, with apologies to our Southern Hemisphere listeners, we're talking about summer and though we're avoiding the concept of a bucket list for several reasons, we're thinking about priorities. I work with so many people who have such grand plans for how to relax or connect or have an adventure over the summer, and they're filled with regret when it just doesn't seem to happen. If you want an excuse to prioritize one fun thing that's important to you, you'll want to listen to today's Baggage Check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonier, and this is Baggage Check, Mental Health, Talk, and Advice. Thank you for being here today. Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. It is also not a show about cabbage worms. All right, let's get to it. So last week, I had one of those busy days where I was occupied with stuff all day, going from one place to the next. And at some point when I sat on my couch, my shades were drawn, but I saw a glimpse of light coming through the window. And I had that strange, confused, and surreal feeling of, what time is it? Because it was 830 at night, and yet it was still light outside. That's because we were on the heels of the summer solstice. Of course, my listeners in the Southern Hemisphere have been on the heels of the winter solstice. But I've always been fascinated by these days. Not just because you could supposedly do that thing where an egg spun or stood on its side or something. I don't think that's the same thing as when you can supposedly crack an egg on the sidewalk and fry it. But essentially, the solstices, solstice have to do with daylight. The summer one, you're going to have the longest amount of daylight of the year. So a lot of people say it's the longest day of the year which is a little confusing because it's still 24 hours. So the day itself doesn't extend its duration, but you get the most amount of sunlight on an hourly level that day. And of course, in winter, which in the Northern Hemisphere, the solstice is going to be December 21st, as opposed to the June 21st summer solstice, the winter one, of course, has the least sunlight of the year. Of course, depending on your latitude, Depending on your time zone, that's going to determine how much you actually get. But for any given place, the summer solstice has the longest duration of sunlight and the winter solstice has the least. In summer, the sun sets at its latest point on the summer solstice. Of course, the winter solstice is associated with all kinds of stuff. It might have been sort of the origin of Christmas, we had that great episode back during holiday times in December, where we talked to best-selling author Jason Pargin about the meaning of the holidays. That has still been one of my favorite episodes because he is such a fascinating person. And if you know his stuff, you would not expect him to be the one talking about the meaning of Christmas. Anyway, getting back to the summer solstice. So last week when it hit, I had that weird moment of, oh my goodness, it's 8.30 in the Washington, D.C. area, and I could still go outside and see. In fact, knowing me, I'd still need my sunglasses at that point. And indeed, some of my son's evening baseball games that week, there I was sporting my sunglasses at like 8 at night. And I started thinking about that sense of time, how summer feels different than other seasons, how summer is often associated with a break from school. With vacations, with new adventures, with leisure, with different schedules, with relaxed ways of dressing, with hanging out at the beach. I think it becomes ingrained almost in our circadian rhythms that when you're used to growing up as a kid and having a lighter schedule during the summer, where the need for alarm clocks is lessened, where you're going off the beaten path, where maybe you're just sitting in air conditioning watching Scooby Doo, or you're going down by the local swimming hole. It's a different feel. And I notice this in my clients as well. As summer starts, there's often a sense of anticipation. Here's what I'll do. Here's what I hope to do. Here's where I hope to go. Here's who I hope to see. You combine that with the added ability to be outdoors. Again, with apologies to our Southern Hemisphere folks, but maybe bookmark this episode and listen to it in six months. But the ability to be outdoors, at least if the mosquitoes aren't too bad. And the increase in well-being that added sunlight can have for a lot of us. And you have a situation where summer becomes really special, but it often brings pressure. What I wanted to do today at the beginning of summer is help you figure out how to set a mindset that's going to help you embrace what summer can bring, but also not lead you to disappointment in the fall. What kinds of things are going to be important to you this summer? How can your values best be shown? How can you have a new experience or an adventure, but also potentially have a lot of rest? Now, of course, I realize that not everybody's summer schedule is lightened. And of course, one of my gigs is being a college professor So in that way, my summer schedule is lightened too. And also in terms of my therapy practice, a lot of people go on vacation. So even my therapy practice is a little bit lightened. What's not lightened is the amount of spam calls that I'm getting. But I realize some of you might have seasonal work that really picks up in the summer. You might work in industries that involve travel or tourism or weddings or other celebrations where summer is your busy season. I get it. So, I don't want to take for granted that we all have lessened schedules, but I think the magic of summer, that slightly different mindset, tends to apply to a lot of us, no matter what our work schedules are. For you in particular, what is something that if you were to do it this summer, you'll be really glad that you did? We want to hit a sweet spot here, not creating some goal that if you don't check it off or if you have this dream vacation and it goes poorly, you're going to feel empty after. We've had an episode on how to actually have a fulfilling vacation, but something that is going to make the time feel worthwhile. This brings to mind the concept of the bucket list, right? I've never loved the phrase bucket list in part because it seems kind of crass, right? The idea that this is the type of stuff I want to do before I kick the bucket. I think it was a Jack Nicholson film that really popularized that phrase, and I think that was one of those movies where he kind of admitted he just did it for the cash. The Rotten Tomatoes score for that probably isn't setting records. But also I think the concept of a bucket list is very much check it off and be done. I think especially in the age of social media, there are so many things that we do just for the sake of saying that we did or showing that we did. See, I went to this spot. Here's the proof. I think that's really tricky. Because again, this concept of a list, what are lists for? They're for checking off. They're for being done. They're for completing. They're not really for savoring or experiencing. So I don't love that phrase, bucket list. But Of course, there's something to the mentality of it that I think is really valuable. Here's what's important to me. Here's what I shouldn't lose sight on. Here are things that I want to prioritize. Here's things that I don't want to forget to do. Here's the stuff that's more important than the daily run-of-the-mill stuff. So let me keep perspective. So in that way, I would propose making a summer bucket list, just not calling it that. We're always talking about values here. So maybe your summer bucket list or pseudo bucket list can be not have this particular experience, but it can be something like learn something new. Of course, that's not particularly specific. So then you could get more specific. Explore a new place. Try a new food. Test a new hobby. Try a different type of exercise. A lot of this focuses on novelty and exploration and adventure. All of that's really important for cognitive flexibility. So that's why I'm bringing it up. I think summer is a great time to kind of explore in a more loosened setting. Hey, I'm going to learn some new guitar chords. Or I'm going to try to grow a vegetable I've never tried to grow before. Or I'm going to visit that museum and finally learn about X, Y, or Z. But also your pseudo-summer bucket list. Could have things in it that don't have anything to do with new exploration, but it could be a recalibrating of priorities. One of the things that I'm going through now my oldest child facing the exit ramp of childhood. He'll be a legal adult soon. He's got only one more year of high school, and then he will presumably be leaving the nest. And so, part of what I think about prioritizing this summer isn't necessarily new stuff. Although I will admit, I do feel a desire to check off every single Washington, D.C. tourist item that there possibly is because it feels strange that I've raised children in the D.C. area and they've never been to the top of the Washington Monument, whereas maybe some kids from some random Missouri town have. It was closed for renovations for several years and then there was the pandemic. But anyway, aside from that, my quote unquote bucket list in terms of thinking about time with him doesn't all have to do with having new adventures or scaling new heights or expanding our horizons. It has to do with just prizing all the things that we've already done, but that we won't have a ton longer. This brings us, of course, to gratitude. For me to sit and appreciate when he and I are just snacking together in the kitchen, just chatting about random stuff. Or when we're laughing about something funny on a late night drive home from a tournament This is another reason why I don't love the concept of the bucket list, because it makes it seem like once you've done something, you need not do it anymore. Whereas in my version of the pseudo bucket list, I'm repeating things that I've been doing for years, but I'm doing them with the mindset of engaging more in the moment, of having gratitude, of not tuning out and answering a work email if we're sitting in the kitchen snacking, but rather just being and feeling. And appreciating it for what it is. So I would urge you when you think about what's important to you this summer to avoid the idea that you have to be checking off new things. And this, of course, brings us to the heart of mindfulness, doesn't it? Mindfulness for every day. Not just those days you can get away with wearing a swimsuit under your clothes, but in general. How do I show up for the present moment? How do I soak it in? You don't have to do this all the time. Of course, that'd be exhausting. And we don't want to be perfectionistic about it. But what are the moments this summer that you look back on wistfully, just the everyday stuff, and wish you could have them one more time again? I'm kind of getting kind of kitschy here and sentimental, but it's true. I think even if you're not a sentimental person or a parent on the verge of having a kid go off to college, I work with so many people who look back with their summers with a sense of wistfulness and a little bit of regret. And again, where does the regret come from? Not typically that they should have tried to squeeze in more and more stuff and have more items that they checked off their list, but more typically that they just should have attuned to what was important and what they did choose to do that they could have experienced it in a little bit more of a fully present way. So whether it's summer or winter for you, I would urge you to think about this season. You only get one a year, so a few dozen is all we are granted. Whether this is the summer that you finally successfully grow some eggplants or visit that little beach town you've always wanted to go to, or you just had a couple extra really good conversations with loved ones over a sandwich, here's to having the mindset that will allow you to make it count. No regrets. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonier, and this has been Baggage Check with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. And you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts. We'd love it if you told them where to find us. Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Daniel Merity, and my studio security, it's Buster the Dog. Until next time, Take good care.